Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just can't get enough of dirigibles, Jacob. What? Dirigibles. I know what a dirigible is. I was trying to make a joke, it didn't work. Sounds like it kind of blimped out on you. Yeah, a little bit. It went, went, poof, and all the helium went out. Well, that's what happens when you hit a tower. That is true. Or a clock tower. Save the clock tower. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our host. A man who... Why did you have to go and lose your powers and make Gigi not talk? <laughs> well, my heart felt so sad. Oh, wah, get over because it. Because I was having to do what, what I loved to do before I now had to work for. <laughs> or, as, or as I like to say, cry yourself a river, pull a Julius Caesar... Build yourself a bridge and get over it. I thought you were going to say something like pull yourself up by your sandal straps or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the symbol of the bridge. No one else can cross the river. Maybe so. How are you doing, Jacob? (laughs) Man, I'm doing great. Long day of work. Went and voted. Um, Big reminder, it is Tuesday. If you haven't voted. It's too late now. It's too late now. Unless you're over in California you, or anywhere over the West Coast or Hawaii and Alaska, you may still have a chance. Yeah. So go but vote. But if you're here in Texas, it's too late. It's yeah, already, it's too late. Polls Ho- are closed. Yeah. Hopefully you voted and you cast your ballot. And uh, all we got to do is wait and see who wins. Of course, by the time the uh, po- episode comes out on yeah. the audio recording, uh-huh. we probably will know or yeah. at least have a good idea. Yeah. A good margin. Which way this is heading. Exactly. So, yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching this week, Jacob? Oh, well, I was going to ask you, how your week been? Oh, my week's been doing pretty good. Uh, had a good time with you on Saturday in, a, in our group. Yeah, that uh, was fun. Though Sunday, I was pretty crashed. Yeah, same here. But I went to bed that, at 5. On Sunday? On Sunday. I went to bed at 5, woke up about 8, 9 o'clock at night. Milled around for a minute, went back to bed. Ah, so I was very well rested on Monday. <laughs> I bet you were. I was fine by Monday morning, but there I was a point in time where our after after as the uh, Bible study was finishing up, I was like, dude, if I don't go home now, I'm gonna just I'm I'm not gonna make it home. No. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was i i've had a pretty good week we had a good time that's good yeah like it was a lot of fun it was a long oh, yeah. drive we had a lot of laughs mm-hmm. a lot of laughs <laughs> oh a lot of stupid laughs a lot of stupid laughs <laughs> uh it wasn't it'd be like at the uh outdoor amphitheater where the promise was being held it wasn't th- it was cold but it wasn't that cold it really 
we didn't really hit cold until we were at uh, Bucky's. Yeah. That's where it was cold. Yes. But even then, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't terrible. Anyway. I was at one in the morning. That was midnight. Okay, it was midnight. Never mind. Well, it really depends on which clock you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, I anyway. was looking at the wrong clock tower then. You just hadn't been reset yet. Apparently, yeah. Because it didn't reset till two. Anyway, <laughs> what have you been watching? Uh, sadly, not a lot. Uh, I just recently watched tra- uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Good movie. By June, uh, June Lewis. Uh, I was afraid you were about to say Jim Carrey. And it's like, uh, nope, I was gonna say, him. I, I, I was going to say uh, uh, Huey Lewis. And was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> nah, but he, you may get some news from it. Yeah. Uh, amazing movie. I really can't say much here, but if you want to go check out my full review, uh, when or our full review, our full review. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, go check out the movie of the week podcast when that episode comes out. Yeah, which has not been recorded yet, so that'll come out sometime, sometime, maybe next week, probably by before the end of the month. Probably, I assume. Yeah, whenever Jim decides to upload it. Right. But other than that, that's about the only thing I've watched. How about you? Well, along with watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, I watched first episode of season two of The Mandalorian. No spoilers! <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. But... <laughs> well, I, I, I was just reminded of uh, that time before The Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. I was just reminded of that time when Harrison Ford was, I think, on Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he was trying to get Harrison to spoil the movie. Oh, okay. And uh, he paid him money, to which Harrison took the money, put it in his pocket, and he says, I hear they're making a new one. <laughs> That's the thought that went through my head when you said that. Yes. Anyway, I've watched that. I've watched both episodes of, uh, or the first two episodes of season three of Star Trek Discovery. I've been enjoying that. I enjoyed Mandalorian also. I'm enjoying both of them. It's a weird time to be alive for someone who likes both Star Trek and Star Wars. Because now I've got both to sink my teeth into. Right. Uh, Other than that, along with planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, and this movie, uh, not really much else. Hmm. Uh, But... I will throw this here. Okay. Thursday, this this previous Thursday night, uh, I was a part of the first, uh, the first recording. The f- I am one of the uh, contest, not contestants. That's not the word. Yeah. Combatants ah. on the Raw Quiz Show for their second season. Uh, definitely go check out that you his YouTube channel at the Raw Quiz Show. Uh, and uh, on there, he's going to, after the, when that first episode comes out this weekend sometime, he is going to post a support question. I re- ask that you answer it and please throw that support my direction so I can get some more points. Okay. That's my request there. Ah. So, yeah. Also, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So come see me uh, beat five other people at trivia that heaven only knows if i'm actually going to remember it same uh, set for me by the way ah uh, by the way what do people think about the new set you like yeah, it? we change like we change things around from time to time yeah decided to do christmas a little bit early yeah because we only have two christmas episodes that we'll record right 
So, yeah. Uh, that's what I've been watching. What do we got in the news? All right. What do we got in the news? Let me get down to the news. All right. So, all the news that I'm going to mention, you can find on our on our Facebook page, uh, which is on Facebook, obviously. Uh, so, the first bit of news, uh, G-Kids will be bringing Wolf Walker to cinemas nationwide, with the film set to open to 500 theaters starting November 13th. Tickets are available now at wolfwalkermovie.com and at particular movie op- books, box office. The movie, the film premieres globally on Apple TV Plus on Friday, November, November, December 11th, 2020. Okay. All right. So, second bit of news. They're tiny. They're toony. They're back for a reboot. HBO Max and Cartoon Network are returning to Acme Anchors with a, with a series order for Tiny Toons Luniversity all, with a all-new half-hour animated comedy featuring series featuring characters from the Emmy Award-winning Tiny Toon Adventures from Warner Brothers Animation, WBA, and Ambient t- Television. Amblin? Amblin. I always get that word mixed Not up. Not Ambien. That's, that's sleep medication. Yes, that is. Amblin. Amblin. Amblin Television. Yes. So that is all the news I could well, find. It makes sense they're bringing back Tiny Toons since they also brought back Animaniacs. Yes. But they did brought back Animaniacs on their competitor's service. Yeah, which is weird. Well, I mean, the deals were probably all inked before Disney bought Fox. Possibly. And then Disney, because of that, Disney became the majority shareholder of Hulu. Mm. But yeah, that's probably why that happened that way. Or Hulu paid the most money. That too, but this is it was all done. I, I first heard rumors of the Animaniacs deal long before I heard rumors of Fox buying, or Disney buying Fox. Okay. So there is that. That's true. Anywho, uh, that's all the news we got. Mm-hmm. That's it. Unless all you right. got anything else. Let's jump into the spoiler-free uh, review of of the movie Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes. This being the first movie of uh, Miyazaki and Ghibli Month mm-hmm. 2020. Yes. So the first, this is probably the third, the first time I watched this would have been the third ever Miyazaki movie I ever watched. Okay. With the first two being uh, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, and Spirited Away. Okay. I saw this, I believe, on DVD about 10 years ago. 10, 15 years ago. Uh, And I remember liking it, but it didn't quite grab me yet, probably because I was a teenager fresh out of high school. (laughs) So I didn't have quite the, uh, the maturity level to get some of some of what goes on in this movie but yeah i mean i remember i enjoyed it but didn't think too much of it yeah uh, i can tell you the second viewing which was about four or five years ago mm-hmm. i enjoyed it a lot more especially since that one i saw in a movie theater yeah a part of uh, fathom events's uh uh ghibli festival is that what they call it probably at the thing it's you know they always put those things out and uh then, of course, I watched it last week for our review here, and I can tell you I have enjoyed this movie every, more and more every time it come, I, I see it. Mm. So 
yeah, it's I enjoy Kiki's delivery service. It's one of the calmer of the uh, Miyazaki movies, which is saying something. Yeah, but it's it's very fun. It's lighthearted, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah. Well, from my recollection, this is the first time I ever saw this film. Mm-hmm. Now, previously, I believed I had watched most of the film. Okay, I was under the assumption I had. You so, watched most of the film, but you put it on your twenty, your hundred movie. Log. Only problem was I never watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. so I, 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 apparently I had assumed I had watched it because I had seen clips here and there, here and there, mm-hmm. and for some reason I had created a memory that I had watched the film before. Oh, okay. So going into it as well, darn, I can't put it on my hundred list, and so I'm watching. Because, okay, I don't recognize this. Huh? This is new. Well, okay, I know who Kiki is. Who's the cat? Okay, I'm loving the cat. Because <laughs> Phil Hartman killed it. As oh, a, yes. In, in, in his last performance. I believe this is his last performance. Yeah, it was his last performance. And uh, I I was like, oh, my word. I love this movie from start to end. It was so good. And, uh, and now be like, it's on my list. I love it. Uh, it's going to be really high up there on my 100 list because it is so good. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it to anybody. This is a really good film. Um, it's it's very much, uh, very much a Ghibli film, a Miyazaki film, so much. Um, from its tone to its atmosphere to the the fact to be like this city is be like the film itself is set in a fictional European town. Except it's not European. It's actually set in Japan. Okay. They all have Japanese names. No, they don't. Yes, they do. The all town- the names are Japanese in the town. The, some of the some of the writing is there's I think the the bakery is like got a German name. Yeah, it's to German. It. And yet you can see the sign for that they build has Kiki's delivery service written on it, but uh-huh. that was added in the Disney cut. In the if you can see it in some other shots that it's actually written in Japanese. Oh, okay. But at the same time, all the character names are Japanese. That is true. It takes place in a semi-modern Japanese town, essentially. Well, okay. Sometime after World War II. Yeah. But yet, it's a fictionalized other alternate universe Japan. Yeah. Because I don't think that one lady's house that's got the uh, old stone oven might have survived. Yeah. But Or this would be pre-World War II, so... No. Yeah. It's the dirigible... No. Well, it's 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 supposed to be based in the fifties. A, a it's a weird time. Yeah, it's a weird time. Well, to a weird location. It's a fictionalized town where yeah, all a, the characters have Japanese names, but all the architecture is European. Yeah, that's because the of, thing. Yeah, because technically Miyazaki be like apparently he visited this town in Europe, a, a town that he based this fictional European town mm-hmm. on, and you could actually go and see most of where. All right. The where Miyazaki drew his inspiration, so I mean, I just assumed it had a European feel due to Miyazaki's time with uh, uh, Lupin the Third, which mm. was set completely in Europe, so yeah. he was used to drawing European style yeah. architecture. No, no, but he he actually did spend time in Europe 
for a time and be like, and he he fell in love with this one little town. All right. And so there there's different elements of hey, different. I've parts been wrong in, before. Yeah, I'll be wrong again. Right. But I think some of my research did mention that it was a Japanese esque town, just with European architecture. Okay. It's a weird thing. It is. I mean, all the characters are have Japanese names except right. for Ursula, who could very easily just be an American visiting. True. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think that brings us to the end of our spoiler-free review. I think so. Uh, before we leave, though, the, the spoiler-free review, I did want to mention here uh, in our chat room, uh, Josh Adams says, I watched this movie for the first time today, and uh, he wants Gigi. He is best kitty. He's the best cat. He's I'll best grant cat. you that. I'll yeah. grant you that. He's probably so, best cat. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, no, Kirkson, he's probably best sidekick. He is definitely best cat. That's as far as yeah. I'm going to go. Okay. Sidekick, he is good, but I don't. I think maybe some of the ones from our top ten animal sidekick list might still outrank him. Yeah, maybe. At least some of mine, I think, for me, do. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, join us on the other side of the CGC bumper, and uh, we'll get into the full spoiler-filled review. All right, guys. Ray. Riff, riff, wrong. Okay, this podcast is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Christian Reek Central Rock Rock. Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as The Untold Podcast. Engaging the culture's imagination, The Untold Podcast presents free speculative fiction every month from a Christian worldview. The Untold Podcast aims to recapture the power of story and use the weirder genres to do it. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural stories serve as metaphors for our lives. The distant star systems, the shining nights, the abominable yetis, and the ghosts remind us to, of our own struggles, triumphs, and losses. Each month features a new story in flash fiction presented in a unique and dynamic way. The producer and narrator of the podcast is Nathan James Norman, an author, pastor, and theologian living in northern Michigan. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Kiki's Delivery Service. Listener discretion is advised. Kiki's Delivery Service was written and directed by Hao Miyazaki, and it's based on the book by Aiko Kadono with music by Joe Hisashi. Now, I skipped all the stuff they're in because pretty much we're going to see these names come up over and over again in Miyazaki months, so... Okay. Especially Miyazaki's. Yeah, well... <laughs> true. So, yeah. Uh, getting into the cast... Kiki was played by Kirsten Dunst, mm -hmm. most well-known, at least to me, as uh, Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. She was young Anastasia in Anastasia. And in the animated adventures of Tom Sawyer, she played Becky Thatcher. Really? Yes. I didn't even know there was an animated adventures of Tom Sawyer. Me either. But apparently she played Becky, so there you go. Uh, Gigi was, of course, played by Phil Hartman mm -hmm. in his final role. Uh, he was Phil... Fimple in Small Soldiers, and Tom Morgan in The Page Master. Oh, really? Also, I believe he was on quite a number of episodes of The Simpsons as many different characters. Yeah. Uh, Osono 
was played by Tress McNeil. She's, of course, known for playing Princess Angelina Contessa Louisa Francesca Banana Banana Bobesca III, a.k.a. Dot Warner. Oh, my gosh. In now, now I hear it. Yeah. And she was also Hello Nurse. She also played uh, Mrs. Hera in My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, Ursula was played by Gian Garofalo, and she played the character of Colette in Ratatouille. A movie I still need to watch. Yes, you do. Tombo, which is the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, was played by Matthew Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He played Jack Hunter in Boy Meets World. Uh-huh. And then a character named Sam Collins in Superhero Samurai Cyber Squad. Okay. I had to po- post that when I saw that name. By the way, cyber in the census is spelled S-Y-B-E-R. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what this show is, but I'm curious. Wow, okay. It is animated. Huh. Okay. So I'll have to look into that one. Uh, Fukuo, which is the... Uh, the, ma- the guy there at the bakery? Yeah, okay. Okay. He was in an uncredited role played by Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett? It's Brad Garrett. Oh, okay. He is, of course, Eeyore in both Christopher Robin and Ralph Breaks the Internet. And in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, he played Krang. Oh, now that makes sense. <laughs> that makes yeah. total sense. Uh, <laughs> Kokiri, which is Kiki's mother, was played by Kath Susie. I think I wrote that down wrong. But anyway, she was uh, Lola Bunny in both Space Jam and the upcoming Space Jam. Lola. Yeah. (laughs) I'm learning so much. Uh, (laughs) She was also Mon Mothma in Star Wars The Clone War. You're the one who's wanting to be furry over there. (laughs) I deny everything. Uh, Okino, who was Kiki's father, was Mm. played by Jeff Bennett. He was the singing voice for Zazu in The Lion King. Okay. Because apparently Mr. Bean couldn't sing, Mm. I guess. Um, And he was both the captain of the guard and Baloney in Wacko's Whip. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm surprised you didn't even ask who Baloney was. I don't know who Baloney is, but I think I remember who the guard is. Do you remember uh, the uh, Barney ripoff dinosaur in the movie? Yes. That's Baloney. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) right. That's right. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> yep, that's the same guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, the madam was played by Debbie Reynolds. That's the older lady who mm-hmm. they had. She had to go with had the oven. Old, the old yeah, 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 yeah. Her. Um, she played Kathy Selden in Singing in the Rain, and she played uh, Agatha Cromwell in the Halloween Town series on Disney Channel. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Barsa, the uh, her servant there, yeah. was pay- played by Edie McClurg. She plays the character of Grace in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. And the car rental agent in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my god. You can hear it now, can't you? Yes, I can. Oh, my gosh. I need somebody to edit scenes from those two movies (laughs) with this character. (laughs) Just just saying. I don't like the tone of your voice. (laughs) Anyway, that brings us into the cast. We're jumping into our Kingdom Hearts connections. Tress McNeil, who played Asona in this one, plays Daisy Duck, the Queen of Hearts, Chip, Merriweather and Kanga in Kingdom Hearts series. Jeff Bennett, who is Okino and Kiki, he is the voice he's voice of the mayor of Halloween Town, Mr. Shmee, Beryl, Merlin, Lumiere, Bashful, Large Beagle Boy, Small Beagle Boy, and after starting with Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, Geppetto. Kathy Sushi played who's Kokiri, which is Kiki's mother, was Sally, Shock, and Sora's mother in one single line in that threat all of Kingdom Hearts. Wowzy wowzers. Corey Burton, who I did not mention before, mm. 
was the radio announcer in Kiki's Delivery Service in Kingdom Hearts. He played, this is a long list of names, Captain Hook, the White Rabbit, the Doorknob, Flotsam, Jetsam, Dale, Diz, the MCP, Santa Claus, Sark, Shan Yu, the Peddler, Yen Sid, Ansem the Wise after Christopher Lee passed, and Claude Frollo. How many of those names did you recognize? A few of them. Quite a few. Yeah. I recognize a few of them. He played a lot of characters. He did play a lot of characters. And that's the end of the English Kingdom Hearts connections. But now we have Japanese Kingdom Hearts connections. Oy vey. Uh, so Koichi Yamadera, who was the Japanese voice for the uh, bakery worker and the policeman. In Kingdom Hearts, he was Donald Duck, the Beast, Genie, Sebastian, Mushu, Stitch, and Jock. Akio Otsuka, who just had a voice in this movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. say who she played. In Kingdom Hearts, uh, she wa- he, uh, sorry, he was uh, Xehanort's Heartless, Xehanort, Terra Xehanort, and Master Xehanort. And yes, those are all different characters. Uh, Yuriko Fujisaki, who played Ket in, the, in Kiki, was also the voice of Wendy Darling in, in the Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts. Mika Doi, who played Ket's mother in Kiki, is Daisy Duck in Kingdom Hearts. And uh, Chick Sakamoto, who was the baby's voice in Kiki, went on to play Huey, Dewey, and Louie in Kingdom Hearts. And that's the end of my ca- of the cast list. So, what do we got in news and stuff? Or info and stuff. Yes, info and stuff. Not <laughs> news and stuff. What am I thinking? I don't know. I don't want News about the movie we just watched. Yeah. I guess. All right, so info and stuff. Uh, if you have a subscription to, I want to say Hulu Plus, but it's HBO Max. It's HBO Max. HBO Max. Uh, you can watch it there. And also, if you want to stream it, uh, buy, be like buying it on most of your platforms would be like three, three, eleven ninety nine. Streaming is probably be like three ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. So on IMDb, it has a seven point eight out of ten, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an eighty eighty nine percent. Nice. Uh, for some reason, the site was down when I was doing my information, so I could not get the audience score. Ah, that's nice. Yeah. All right. So, production was done by Studio Ghibli. Of course. Uh, its distribu- distribution was by Toei Company. Its its American distribution was originally Bonavista Distribution, mm-hmm. and now it's being distributed by G-Kids. Yes. All right. And for completion's sake, we are watching the Disney dub. Yes. Because there is another English dub done by Streamline. Really? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, but it's not on our disc. Okay. Got it. All right. Released uh, in Japan, November 20th, December nah, December 20th, 1990. It was released in America, May 23rd, 1998 at the Seattle International, Seattle International Film Festival. Uh, this is the Disney dub. Box office. It had an uh, estimated budget of 800 800 million yen. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. All right. So it's U.S. gross. Or, well, back up. Opening weekend, U.S. was $352.5,000. Its total United States gross was $1,004,000. Okay. Uh, worldwide gross, it's uh, accumulated $10.1 million. All right, so on its original VHS release was on September 1st, 1998. This is the U.S. or mm-hmm. uh, Region 1. Release. Right. Uh, it was released on DVD April 15th, 2003, along the releases of Spirit Away and Castle in the Sky. Or mm-hmm. Castle in the Sky. 
by Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment. Uh, it was re- uh, let's see, it was released on Blu-ray on November eighteenth, two thousand fourteen, and G Kids re-released the film on Blu-ray and DVD October two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. And that is all we have for info and stuff. Uh, just for our completion's sake, Josh Adams came through giving us a bit of a save on the audience score of Rotten Tomatoes, it being 88%. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Josh. Yes, thank you, Josh. All right, so jumping into the summary. As is traditional for trainee witches, 13-year-old Kiki leaves home with her black cat named Gigi, with whom she talks. She flies on her broomstick to the port city of Koriko. While searching for somewhere to live, Kiki is pursued by Tombo, a geeky boy obsessed with aviation who admires her flying ability. In exchange for accommodation, Kiki helps Asano, the kindly and heavily pregnant owner of a bakery. She opens a witch delivery business, delivering goods by broomstick. Her first delivery goes badly. She is caught in a gust of wind and drops the black cat toy she is supposed to deliver. Gigi pretends to be the toy at the recipient's house while Kiki searches for the toy. She finds it in the home of a young painter, Ursula, who mends and returns it to Kiki so she can complete the delivery and rescue Gigi. Kiki accepts a party invitation from Tombo, but is delayed by her work and exhausted, falls ill, and falls ill. When she recovers, Asano clandestinely arranges for Kiki to see Tombo again by assigning her a delivery address to him. After Kiki apologizes for missing the party, Tombo takes her for a test ride on the flying machine he is working on, fashioned from a bicycle. Kiki warms to Tombo, but is put off by his friend's teasing and walks home. After seeing a recipient's negative reaction to a delivered gift, Kiki becomes depressed and discovers she can no longer understand Gigi, who now spends more time with a pretty white cat. She has also lost her flying ability and is forced to suspend her delivery business. Ursula visits her and suggests that Kiki's crisis is a form of artist block and that if Kiki finds a new purpose, she will regain her powers. While visiting a customer, Kiki sees a live news report on television of an airship accident. Tombo is hanging precariously from one of the drifting vessel's mooring lines. Kiki rushes to the scene and rescues him by flying a borrowed broom, regaining her powers and her confidence. She resumes her delivery service and writes home to say she and Gigi are happy. So Jacob, your thoughts? Or your first like, I All should right. say. My first like, as I as I I'm gonna quote from the film for a second, and this kind of gives the very large of what my number one is. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you wake up tomorrow morning and find a white cat, it's me from Gigi. Yeah. I love this character. <laughs> Tom, hold on, Gigi. Yeah, Gigi, voiced by Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, yes. Yeah, did a fantastic job. Like the fact to be like the how. Gigi was originally formed the Japanese. Be like, apparently, it was totally different, and they just let in the Phil J- Hartman in the just Jap- let in the rip. Japanese version. Right, uh, Gigi was played by a woman because yes. it's more traditional mm-hmm. in Japan for the cat to be a female. Yes, uh, and it was more of a subdued, kindly kind of a cat. Yeah. Whereas in the American version, it's completely cynical and hilarious. Yes, it is, and he absolutely just great now it was was so fun from the research i did when i was Mm -hmm. looking over it apparently in the original english release Mm -hmm. there was more Gigi because they allowed Gigi to talk in places where you couldn't see him yeah and deliver more insightful commentary (laughs) but uh in later releases they edited him more back out plus uh in the original version, it you could kind of hear Gigi say a line at the end, kind of giving an idea that maybe she could hear Gigi's voice again. Yeah. 
which was, of course, removed from future releases since that's not in the Japanese version either. But Miyazaki had a good reason for it. Yeah. He says her ability to talk with Gigi comes from uh, her being a child. Okay. He, not being able to hear his voice anymore pr- shows how she's growing. And oh, grow- okay. And maturing. Right. That's the excuse. Oh, okay. I just prefer to think Gigi, she can still hear Gigi talk. It's just he didn't really, wasn't able to say anything at the time or we weren't listening to it from Kiki's perspective. Yes. That's just my theory. I'll, I'll get to my dislike later. But uh, <laughs> my, my number one is definitely Gigi. Like uh, Josh stated earlier, best kitty or be- yes. my best cat. Man, I love this an- this character. I mean, like, it's such a great, because Phil Harmon, like, again, just did a phenomenal job taking what the original, what the Japanese originally, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. and just giving it just Phil Hartman spin. Oh, yeah. And it was just dynamite in a furry little body. It All was right. it was great. So that's my number one. What's your number one? My number one starts with uh, Kiki borrowing the broom mm. from the man, the, the street sweeper. Okay, yeah, yeah. And goes all the way to the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That entire sequence. Agreed. Gives me the scene there where she's standing in the middle of the road mm-hmm. and the all the sound cuts out. Yeah, that was good. Gives me goosebumps every time. Wow. Because you're sitting there going, is it going to work? I've seen the movie three times. I know she's going to save him. Is it going to work? It's like, it's so well done. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes my hair stand on it. It kind of gives you that weird Yeah, I was feeling. the exact same moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, this, like I said, this is the third time I've watched the movie. I know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. I still got goosebumps that entire time, and I was still kind of ch- cheering as they was going over, despite the fact I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it's a movie that had, uh, that's I mean, that, that section is just so well done. And really, it starts even before that, because it starts when you see, r- really, it starts when uh, Bara is watching the news of the of the dirigible on yeah. TV. Oh yeah, good. Uh, because yes. I I love her performance. Yes, there. it's like oh, just cut off the good part. It's like yes, it's like man, you're it's a like, you, Kiki's boyfriend is going to die. die. Shut up. <laughs> no, but it's it's still it's, it's from, real life from that, action from that point, and you see Kiki, uh, her reaction to everything that's going on. Oh, and yeah. she, she pretty much snaps out of her depression that she's been. Fighting since uh, rich white girl. Yeah. Says, oh, I hate my grandmother's cooking. Bleh. Yeah. I hate her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's that sequence is just so, so well done. And I enjoy every, yeah. enjoy every minute of that section. So yeah, that's my first dislike because it's one of my, it's one of the greatest moments in the movie. Okay. So what's your second like? My second like would be, oh, animation goal. Animation goal. Because mm-hmm. it's. It's that top-notch, top-tier uh, Studio Ghibli with Hayao Miyazaki's pure, like, pure genius when it comes to the yeah. animation from the background. Especially to, with flying. Especially he, with flying. He is very good at flying stuff, which we'll get to see a lot more of when we get to Porco Rosso. Yeah. But if we hadn't brought that up with Nausicaa and, uh, I guess, Lupin the Third, Castle Cagliostro, yeah. it's really the main ones that we've seen it in so far in his mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, he's very good at flying he's shots. Very good flying shots. He's shot. got a lot of good ones here. Yeah, because he uses different angles, definitely with the flying mm-hmm. angles. Because like a lot of them, you're like, oh, okay, you use that angle because because more more often than not, be like you get the front shot, you get the behind shot. Yeah, you the might same get over the shots shoulder every time. Yeah, exactly. But this one, you're you've getting got so many a, different angles. Yeah, and you've got one of the. Uh, I mean, the shot with 
the blimp, mm-hmm. you would think a blimp flying is rather boring in most yeah. cases. I have never seen anyone try to do a blimp facing downward the whole time yeah. as it's flying through because it's literally front heavy. Yeah. As it's going to crash into the clock tower. Oh, yeah. And speaking of clock tower, when it impacts the clock oh, tower. Yeah. Oh, because the 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 subtle detail, like when it's just, it's mm-hmm. compacting into it. Be oh, like, yeah. You see bricks fall away. You see everything. Be like, you can the blimp tell... doesn't blow up no. like it's not supposed to. Be like, it just loses helium. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. We don't need the town blowing up. No, we don't. But, we already um, had that movie. <laughs> yes, we did. If be like if I think you're talking about the one I think you're talking about, we reviewed it last week, last year. Ah, that's right. Err. The one we were happy November had a fifth Saturday, so we could end on a better movie, right? Or at least a more lighthearted movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Go if if you want to find out what review we're talking about, uh, just go back to last Miyazaki month. Go through all five movies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Spoiler on that episode. I go on a massive rant and oh. I don't stop for like five minutes. You don't have to worry about the spoilers. The name of that episode is Saita, You Coward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that was essentially both our thoughts on it. Well, correction, warning. Primarily his. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. But uh, either way, it's it's the animation is just like solid gold. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, it's almost like the, the background is almost almost a watercolor in a way. Yeah. Which it's probably, not. it's not, but it has that feeling of it. And, oh, be like... Well, I mean, can, this... can, can I get a background sell on this movie, please? That'd be amazing. They're so well done. Oh, yeah. So well done. So that's my number two. What is your number two? My number two is is Kiki. Okay. I'll admit that outside of Mary Jane Watson, I'm probably not a big fan of Kiki. Okay. And I can understand why some people may have had tr- problems with Kirsten Dunst's performance in Spider-Man. Right. But in this movie, she's pretty much redeems any problems you probably could have had with her. Because, A, it doesn't even sound like Kirsten Dunst half the time. Well, it's a much younger Kirsten Dunst. No, it's not. It's not that much younger than Spider-Man. Okay. Not that much. Not that much? Not that much. Well, she was 13 when she did this one? Still not that much. Not that much, but I mean, it's... I think it's more like the the very youthful sound she has in the has in this film, and it's a lot lighthearted. Yeah, but I mean, her performance she, is great. Her performance in the film. is spectacular yes. in this. She she never breaks character. Mm. Uh, there are a couple of times where I'm sitting there going, Kiki, why are you acting like that? But that's not. But that's just because of how the character is. Right. Uh, I still think one of my f- favorite scenes in the whole movie is when uh, she goes down. To go use the restroom in the outhouse. Oh yeah, and as she's getting ready to leave, she finds uh, I'm just going to say Brad Garrett. Yeah, uh, going uh, walking through the yard and stretching because he just woke up as he's heading towards the, I guess the garage to go get wood for the to start the bakery fires. Yeah, I'm guessing, and she has to hide in there, and it's a it's a scene that didn't have to happen. No, you did not need this scene, and yet it's it's just nice, funny little. Oh, she's she's stuck. She. She's got to hide for a minute. Hopefully, he doesn't need to use the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> Before she goes back I'm, upstairs. I'm stuck in my nightgown, so yeah. I need to hide. And also, I love the scene of her in the bakery by herself while before uh, Tombo shows up the second time. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's just a feeling of warmth that the bakery has while she's in it that mm. even though she's bored, yeah. she's bored out of her mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in that scene. But I still was looking at the going, this is such a beautifully rendered scene. I can see why it's used in the uh, uh, all the promotional posters yeah. and such. 
but yeah, that those that and the uh, scene of them flying the bike. Oh yeah. When obviously her magic must have lifted them off the ground a little bit more than they should have. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> before it crashed and broke everything. I'm going, yeah. yeah. Well, totally the propeller came loose and then they tumbled the ground. Well, when you crash and you destroy the bike. Yeah. It's not her fault. She just no. had it crash down a little harder mm-hmm. than it probably should have. Probably. Because they were lifted up higher in the air. Anyway, all, I mean, yeah. That whole Kirsten Dunst. And, well, Kiki's Kiki in this movie is just so, so well done. And Kirsten Dunst does a good job as Kiki. So, yeah, that's my second like. All right. What's your third like? My third like uh, would definitely be the story. The story is just, there. there's a part of me that says I like the story, but then there's a part of me that says I don't like. Uh, so, I'll get to that in my dislike. But what I like about it is the fact to be like you have this young girl who goes on a journey that... It's very unusual, the fact to be like, she's such a young character who goes out on her own for an entire year to get her training as a witch. Yeah. And I'll get into a dislike on that later. But it's the story. I, I just enjoy the story. I enjoy the story for what it is. It's got um, it's got a lot of gravitas to it. The fact mm-hmm. that um, be like this young girl going out into the world with nothing except for a few things and a cat. Yeah. And her ability to be a witch, which she doesn't know how to use those abilities yet, which I'm going to get into dislikes later. But um, it's just it has a very nice story, very nice story. It flows very well. You have this uh, quasi growing relationship between Kiki and Tombo. 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 I was just Tombo. Close. Not Tomball, but Tombo. Yes. Not a town in Texas. Um, but it's just be like this very interesting. And the fact to be like, she gets depressed because be like all of a Tombo's friends are picking on her. Yes. And I'd be like, and you get the idea of like how she gets depressed and she loses her powers or she loses, uh, access to her abilities because she gets the, dep- mm-hmm. she gets depressed because how people are treating her. Um, and it, that, like you said, when, uh, she, she sees Tombo is in trouble and she, like, she doesn't know if her powers are going to work. And the fact to be like, she grabs a random stranger's broom and just takes off with it. Takes off with it. Just that that entire end sequence is amazing story wise. And uh, just be like, it's an amazing story. And plus, you have amazing comedy in this movie. Oh, yeah. From Gigi. Well, I mean, there's a lot of comedy all throughout the movie. I agree. Gigi, uh, Phil Hartman just adds to it. Yes. Which brings me to my number three, which okay. actually now I'm going to talk about Gigi for a bit. Okay. Because Gigi is one of my favorite characters in this movie. Okay, agreed. Uh, my, we talked a lot about Gigi a minute ago, so I'm just going to jump on uh, some of my favorite scenes with him. One of which being him pretending to be the toy cat. Oh my gosh, yes. And keeping an eye on the dog. dog. And you don't know what the dog is going to do. <laughs> it's not till the later scene when uh, Kiki's finally coming back and you realize the dog is helping Gigi. <laughs> yeah. And they get it, and they get outside, and uh, Gigi says, "Kiki, I think we can trust the dog to take it into. He's a good boy." It's like <laughs> he didn't you, eat me. It's like, did the dog hear you say that? <laughs> you were a little condescending there, Phil Hartman. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but he takes it in stride. Uh, yeah, I Gigi. He has so many fun scenes in this. Agreed. And even when uh, we he, you know, we get to the end of his scenes when yeah. we stop being able to hear his voice anymore. Yeah. 
even the, the character of Gigi, even then in its in his uh, mute form, is, is well not mute, but I mean is more cat like. Yeah, his his character acting even there is good. Yeah, agree. Uh, and let's face it, how can you not love the scene of him sitting with his baby mama? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with all those other little kittens around there, and he's looks like what have I done? <laughs> I love that. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Snooty little white cat. <laughs> Going yeah. forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, that scene is just funny. Um, so yeah, that's my third like. Uh, before we jump into our dislikes, uh, Josh Adams in our chat has mentioned a couple interesting things that he thought. Uh, as a side note, the old lady that was watching the coverage of the Blimp Ride having issues with the wind looked way too happy that things were yes. going wrong. <laughs> Uh, he also says that the animation was beautiful. He then says, Miyazaki did Lupin the Third. I may have to watch it now. Yeah. He did direct, he, he was involved with Lupin the Third Part One and helped with the first Lupin the Third movie. Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro was his, was his directorial debut. Yeah, good movie. That one I do suggest going and jumping in. You don't have to watch any Lupin the Third before that to know what's going on. So, yeah. And then go back and listen to the first episode of Miyazaki Month 2019 mm. that we did on our review of it. Josh then says, Jeff is a good doggo. Apparently True. the dog's name was Jeff. Yeah, I it forgot is Jeff. this. It is Jeff. And uh, then he says, I love Gigi's face watching the baker's husband spin the rolls. That was That good. is true. That was that, very that was, good. That was impressive. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into our dislikes. All right. What's your first dislike? My first dislike B. We don't get enough Gigi. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the, the the fact that you said earlier, the fact they cut the because of it wasn't in the original the original movie, and I I, I understand well, I understand why they did that. Yeah, and the fact be like there were more moments. Keep in of, mind that Disney was already um, under a lot of fire, not just from fans but from Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, about them adding stuff to Spirited Away. That is true. So the stuff they added here, they kind of took out. So. Okay. It's understandable. In but, later releases. Yeah. Just, I I was I was wanting more of uh, Phil Hartman as, mm-hmm. as uh, Gigi. And I, I, like like you said earlier, the fact to be like, we get more of the, like Im- like how he is just more like a cat. Just another cat we can't yeah. even talk. Be like, I like those, but I would have loved more of hearing Phil Hartman as a character. Mm-hmm. That's just, I kind of, I, I was longing for that. Okay, when are we going to hear him talk again? But we'd never hear him talk again. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I was so disappointed. I was like, ah. Admittedly, they took a big risk. Yeah. Cutting Gigi's voice from the rest of the film. Yeah. After that moment. Yeah. Because if when you're watching it, you don't even realize his last line is his last line. Yeah. Which, believe it or not, I think actually works. It's like, yeah, because it comes as a shock. The next scene when he's just meowing mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And then you realize, oh, she's losing her powers. That's why she can't talk to Gigi. Mm-hmm. And then admittedly, I still think just pure headcanon here. Yeah. Even though they took the voice line out that hinted that she had, she could hear him again. Uh, I still think that maybe he just. He had cries of adulation that we could not hear because we were not. We had moved back to a crowd's perspective instead of Kiki's perspective, and that's could. why we couldn't hear. Yeah, that's just my fan theory. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Uh, I do like your explanation when you said earlier about the fact that uh, Miyazaki had said had mentioned that 
the reason we couldn't hear uh, Gigi anymore because mm-hmm. Kiki couldn't hear him because she had uh, she was no longer sure past that point. Yeah, she had grown past that point of hear, you know hearing an animal speak because she had grown she had grown older. So I like Which I like that, but at the yeah. same time, it's like that's such a minor thing. Let us have our happy ending. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we want to we hear the cat talk. Come on, give us the cat to talk because that's probably more devastating to us as the audience exactly. than her losing her powers. Yeah, because at the very end, I'm like, okay. Like is he just saying anything? We just saw this epic fly motion, epic flying through this town. Oh, yeah. Where she could barely control the broom she was on, and she saved the day. Give us the cherry on top <laughs> by letting us hear Phil Hartman say one last line, please. Exactly. But nope. Nope. That's not how it works. Mm. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so that's my number one. What is your number? My first dislike. <laughs> My my first dislike on this movie is the fact, and this is a minor, minor, minor thing. I hate the fact that Disney went in and changed, or did essentially American, local, I call it Americanization, because it okay. seems to be a, a localization thing that was very prevalent in America back in the early days of anime. When, especially with things like the, uh, the reanimation of the sign, just mm-hmm. have it say Kiki's Delivery Service yeah. instead of the Japanese yeah. uh, title, which is actually, and I don't, I don't mean the title of the movie, I mean of her business, yeah. because in the Japanese version, it's actually Witch's Delivery Service, yeah. not Kiki. Uh, so yeah, the Americanization there, I'm glad, in many ways, while I would love more Phil Hartman, yeah. I kind of understand and respect them trying to remain loyal to the the original script as much yeah. as they could because I, while I don't rem, I don't think I've ever seen the original Kiki uh, version I have heard Spirited Away with everything it adds and it gets ridiculous and so I imagine it, not just Phil Hartman but I imagine there's a lot of lines that they added to the movie that may have had the same issue okay uh, it's just Phil Hartman would be the, is the, is the greatest loss there because his lines yeah. would probably have been a lot funnier agreed but uh, the other thing I just don't like is I feel there the movie has a on the I'll get to that in my second. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the little bitty Americanizations of the film to try and make it more palatable to American children. Okay. I say let the children learn mm. that there was a world outside of America. Agreed. I say this as a proud American. <laughs> anyway, all right. So what's your second dislike? My second like my second dislike uh, would be. I do enjoy like understanding more of how Kiki loses her abilities. To me, it wasn't fully explained. The the, the like yes, she got depressed. She be like people it's were more pick- hinted at than outright. Yeah, and even the description, the reason they say out loud about it being a form of artist block. Yeah, I get artist block. I get totally artist get block. That. I've had artist block. Yeah, been there. I don't think it works the same as no magic no absolutely not you're you're, you're dealing with a uh a, an main ability to fly or talk to animals or something mm-hmm. like that that is way beyond an artistic block yeah so I, I think the explanation they give be like it's okay you get depressed and you you don't have your mojo to do you know you do your thing but my thing would be like when I'm watching the film, I'm thinking it's like, okay, did she did she start caring about be like it wasn't really to it, me it wasn't it, really it was explained not, very well. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem because our first clue that she's losing her powers is we can't hear Gigi anymore. Yeah, so you have to think back what has happened between the last time we heard Gigi talk. Yeah, and that moment, and you what it comes down to is she either a fell in love. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. Or b 
she's depressed. Yeah. Well, which is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of. How cool. do we know which one it is? Does liking a boy very, very much cause witches to lose their powers until they like them so much that the adrenaline rush causes the powers to come back? Yeah, that didn't make any that's, sense. That's, because then that'd be the exact same problem with her right. brother. So that's the problem. The reason she because the reason she lost her powers mm-hmm. is never on, we never get a concrete answer or yeah. an answer that really makes a lot of sense. When she gets it back, all we can tell is that. Because she loves him so much, and she's gotten a, some kind of an emotional adrenaline rush. Yeah, that she she has to save save him. It doesn't really ain't, the depression. Maybe I can get, but it's yeah. never explained exactly that that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just just to note the fact that be like if you have depression, we're not trying to downplay your depression at all. No, no, no yeah, definitely just, not. Yeah. Be like if you have depression, go talk to people about somebody. Yeah. Go to and go to talk and, somebody that's going to and, be honest with you about and it. And having seen the movie a number of times, yeah. I'm saying the reason she lost her powers is because she's depressed. Yeah. Because her coming out of that depression to save him is what allows her powers to come. Still doesn't explain why she can't talk to Gigi. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, be like like you said earlier, the the explanation of her losing her ability to fly and talk to animals. Yes. And is is it's not it's not a solid ex- mm-hmm. it's not a solid explanation. I would like a, a little more exposition about that. Mm-hmm. L- let me get, let's deep dive this. Let's get into her, why she's lost her ability. Yeah. And we just don't get that. So, yeah, that's my second dislike. My second dislike is the uh little prim and proper senior witch at the beginning of the movie that she runs into oh, on, yeah, on her, her. as she leaves. Yeah. First off, What's the point of this character? Why is she here? Other than to be a jerk to Kiki. Yeah. She doesn't tell her anything she needs to know. Does yeah. not open up the world. All it says is, oh yeah, there's other witches who are training too. Well, we kind of can guess that, that Kiki is not the only yeah. witch in the world. Right. She intens- intentionally tried to find a place in which there, was, there no was no witches. And from what we can tell, there hasn't been witches in that town for a long time. Right. So what is the purpose of having little prim and proper witch fortune telling which be there to say oh yeah i'm just finishing my year and now i'm going back why did you go home yeah there's nothing in what kiki's mother said that said she could come home to for a for a year she had to leave for a year yeah why is she, why did this uh potion, fortune late telling uh girl get to come home for a day yeah that's not explained yeah i'll, I'll get i'll get into that uh my th- my third is like when you but yeah this that. that character the whole character yeah Adds nothing to the movie and just kind of makes you not like somebody for no good reason. The character doesn't even come back. No, she's she not doesn't. A ri- I'm g- I'm guessing maybe in the book. I'm guessing yeah. she's a, she's there because of the book. Yeah, and maybe in the book she's a rival witch that she has to put up with. Mm. That maybe happens after uh, where this movie lets off because I'm not sure this movie ends where the book ends. I don't know. Okay, because obviously I've not read the book. Because I can't read Japanese, mm. and I don't know if it's been translated into English. But uh, it's just, I just don't see the point of her character. She could okay. have been left out, and nothing would have been changed. Yeah, the the only explanation I can see, because obviously, like you said, has not read the original the original novel. the The only explanation I can give is maybe that it's Kiki is on this such of a high, such of a high. Be like, I'm going out, I'm going into the world, I'm going to. Uh, I, I like work my craft right which i'll get into my dislike later uh my other dislike but it's more along the lines to be like she's meeting someone else and it's more of that hey here's reality here's reality here's what's going to happen 
be like be but like you you could it, most likely you're not gonna make it that kind of stuff kind of kind of giving you a like a like a like a hard touch of reality a little bit i, I get that but as i said while we are given that it still doesn't change anything i, I agree K- kiki is only like sad for or not sad but is only she's still very optimistic yeah at agreed. the end of the scene yeah and she's pretty much back on top when they you know when they land in the train car yeah. with the cows and she's you're really back at where she was when she left home when she gets to the new town yeah and is talking to trying to find you know well really till she gets to the cop the cop is really the first time she gets the, a real major dose of reality yeah that it's not gonna be all sunshine and roses yeah uh so yeah that's like i said you could leave the character out and you still get that scene and that gives you your major dose of reality. Yeah. This girl being up there, she's just like, huh, you're a newbie. So I'm going, uh, uh I just want to let you know, you may not, it may, things may not go the way you think they're going to go yeah. because I'm so much better than you. It's kind of how it sounds to me. Yeah. I agree. I just, it's just like, I don't know why the character actually is here other than maybe to give you the, glimpse since we don't see any other witch besides her mother yeah throughout the movie that there are other witches yeah out that's there. that was the point I was that's the forget. only thing i can think of why that character is there yeah or maybe she was a character in the book that was more of a rival character and that rest of her role got cut out due story and time constraints possibly it's just an idea okay. anyway your third dislike my third dislike oh he's mother kiki's mother because she she says a line which kind of bothers me she she's talking to the old woman be like uh be like oh uh you're so good with your bruise and the whole bit and kiki's mother gives the line it's like well be like, i've been so busy i haven't had time to train my own daughter i'm like whoa, whoa wait a minute time out like you are sending your daughter a 13 year old girl mind you mm-hmm. into the real world and she's supposed to spend an entire year away from home in order to gain a skill in witchcraft okay. in order to come back down. Let me finish. Okay. I have a defense. I know. I know. <laughs> I think you missed something. In, I, I, in I, I, read, I possibly so. did. I possibly did. But here, here, here's, it's, it, it was like, wait a minute. You're sending your daughter out into the world, which she has not been properly trained. Be like, yes, yeah, she knows how to fly a broomstick, but barely. And so you're going to send her out into the world with, barely any training yeah she knows how to be polite and everything to people and she's apparently got some uh business skills behind her but like you and did some it, cooking skills and some cooking skills obviously but you be like she's going out to world to you know hone her craft as a witch and you haven't trained her you haven't properly trained her what okay, okay yeah okay. okay explain first off she doesn't say she hasn't properly trained her daughter in witch okay she's specifically talking about the potion making that oh, okay. she's not trained her daughter. In. I'm guessing because potion craft is probably a lot more of skilled labor than perhaps the other stuff. And maybe I guess so. Kiki is just does not have the natural aptitude mm. for potion making. Okay. Because it does seem what little view we get into the witch lore of Kiki, Kiki's delivery service, mm-hmm. that different witches have different skills yeah. that they maybe are better in. Because, yeah. Uh, Kiki's mom is good at potion making. Yeah. The senior witch girl who I don't like mm-hmm. is good at fortune telling. Okay. Kiki, as far as we know, is only good at flying. Yeah. And even that's, then, that's, she that's was, what I was going to ask you again. Yeah. The, I, I, I get that flying is an essential yeah. witch skill. I kind of. I do have to actually wonder 
why flying is an important skill for any witch who's not running a delivery service. Right. And I have to give it at least Kiki has thought this through that the, really the best thing she's good at wit, uh, witchcraft wise is flying. Yeah. So maybe some a delivery service is the best option for right. her in that instance. But I, I, I have a feeling there's a lot more to it than just she's wasn't skilled. It, it, it just, it's, she says she's not, she wasn't skilled. Uh, taught potion making or wasn't trained in potion making yeah. which is really the only other main skill in popular culture i know which has had yeah outside of flying the broom and fortune telling yeah so maybe kiki's just not good at it. okay so here here comes more of a like though a i do have to point this one thing out okay whether or not she's good at it or not secondary you have a daughter you were obviously teaching from she's yeah. not going off to a school and having to go through some big rigorous eight hour days at school before you come home so she didn't go to Hogwarts. i'm guessing not anyway she never got a letter she's being trained at home yeah her mother from what we can tell does nothing but make potions all day yeah why didn't you get your daughter in there and help you make potions exactly it's really not that hard it's i I get there's probably some magic that goes into the potion making that you can't just add random the i don't know Eye of Newt, Tongue of Dog, and yeah. all the other stuff from the Shakespeare play. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden the potion works. I'm assuming there's a little bit of magic you got to throw in, that, in with that also. Right. But, I mean, what little I know to cook, I learned because I was in the kitchen with my mom. Yeah. She could have been in the kitchen, in, in the potion kitchen with her mom, learning yeah. how to do all this stuff. Why, at least at least the I, we get the feeling she's done a little bit of it because she knows how to start an old stone yeah stove she knows how to or cook. oven she knows yeah. how to cook uh so she knows that she's done some things but apparently she's they never got her in there to help make the potions right which and, in this case potion seems to be more medicine than potion but yeah that, that's way, what t- that's what typically alchemy was right it was, it was so and i get that there's probably a lot more to yeah. uh, potion making than what they show. Right. Because we only really get one shot, maybe yeah. two shots two total shots. with the same three characters. Yeah. Uh, just wondering what, if that old lady ever goes home. But yeah, I, to give, yeah, I, I would agree with you that she should have been trained better. Yeah. But sometimes you do what you have to do and maybe it was just so busy. Kiki being in there would have been more trouble than helpful. I because, agree. Because, you know, if she's been there, she's got a ton of work. Yeah. It may have been better to have Kiki go out and practice this other thing, and w- when I get time, uh, we'll we'll go over these other potions because she probably got to start with the more remedial potions first right. before you get to the big ones. Right. But at the same time, have her in there stirring a pot or yeah, exactly uh, stoking the fire or or, or uh, learning how to measure the ingredients. You don't have to know exactly the theory behind how much eye of newt and how much tongue of dog you add. Yeah. Just know that oh, uh, the recipe calls for you know three teaspoons of eye of newt and a cup of tongue of dog i don't know i'm yeah. just making stuff up right um but yeah i agree with you on that so here's a follow-up question the fact would be like kiki has to go up for a year and learn a trade yes. learn a trade how to like uh how to use her ability mm-hmm. like you have the mother who does potions you have the other which is fort telling yes fortune telling be like which are very obvious which things which he's do which is yes. do um in the more kindly witch tales. In the morally kindly witchy will. Witchy, witchy tales. Witch tales. <laughs> but either way, either way, it's it's so... Okay, so if Kiki goes back to her home after a year and a half, we assume. That's what she's supposed to do. She she might spend the rest of her days with uh, 
her uh, her flying boy. Yeah. Who knows? Or she's talking about she's going to tie him to that broom and, and drag t- and take him home to meet mom and dad. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably part of that's probably part of the reason why they have to go out is they have to find some boy to to, uh, to meet and have kids with so some magical ritual or something. Who knows? Who knows? But I'll get here, into some more of this here in a minute. Yeah, here's here's my point. The fact to be like if Kiki comes home and all she learned how to do was fly better. Yes. Did she really have to leave to learn that? No, she didn't want to leave because she could learn more. She wanted to leave so she could leave. Yeah, I understand. She's, she's a I, teenager. I understand and that. Apparently, it is just standard procedure when a child in that culture reaches a certain age that yeah. they have to leave. Much like kids in Pokemon going out and fighting monster battles with monsters at the age of twelve. Yeah, exactly. And how long did it take for that kid to get become a gym? You know, twenty went, year, twenty yeah, something years. Twenty years <laughs> while he was still ten years old. Uh, uh, either way, be like just the fact. Be like all she learns how to do is fly better. Mm-hmm. She 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 grant. There's no real. She gains no real like real optical trait that is associated with witches besides flying. Yeah. So that's kind of like okay. I, can she like she, can she learn how to like control gravity or something like that? So just 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 an idea. So it was kind of, it was kind of a piggybacking off. Okay. Of your uh your dislike is yep. my third dislike. Okay. The fact that there is almost no lore to this movie. Agreed. Here's the thing. I did say I like the movie and I do like it for what we get. Yes. We get the only three witches like I said earlier that we get to see in the entire yeah. movie yeah. is Kiki. Kiki's mom and Prissy Girl. This town that Kiki goes to mm-hmm. doesn't just not have a witch in it, despite its size. Yeah. Which means there should be, you know, one would assume at you least think, two or yeah. three. Uh, but apparently has not had a witch in at least 70 years. Yeah. Because that's what I'm about estimating the guy at the clock tower who says, oh, I ain't never seen a witch before. Yeah. He didn't sound like that, but that's just <laughs> right. Of, I kind of expect him to be voiced by Bill Farmer in his goofy voice. Um, Yuck. Yuck. Yeah. And when he falls off, he does the, Okay. Anyway, (laughs) those are the only three witches we get to see throughout the entire movie. Right. The only bit of witch lore we get outside of the jobs that they have, Uh which is Kiki flying, uh, Kiki's mom potion making, and uh, senior witch is fortune telling. Right. The only thing, those are the only three jobs we get to see any witches do. She's going out there to learn witchy stuff, yeah. supposedly. She doesn't go and become an apprentice witch to another senior witch, which yeah. to some degree makes more sense to me. Right. Agreed. Uh, but she goes out to learn the ways of the world, essentially. Yeah. And one would assume she would go to a town where she at least would have resources. Yeah. A or she would bring a book with her. Why does her mother not send, give her like her grandmother's... Spell book or something like that. Something she could study to become better while not being under her mother's thumb, Mm -hmm. which in many ways I think the entire... This is just uh, fan logic going here. In many ways, I I would see the point of going out for a year once you reach a certain age to learn more is to learn without being influenced by what a parent thinks you should be looking toward in terms of... You know, cause you, you want at some point the, they, they need to grow up. They don't need to be, you know, under mother's wing. Right. And okay, so maybe Kiki is going into this a little, you know, under educated. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. That, that's good. That's good estimation. Uh, 
she does not when she gets to this town you would think one of her first stops outside of getting uh, a place to stay yeah food uh, food a little bit of housewares to go in the apartment she's quote unquote renting you would think at some point she would find an old bookstore at least yeah and go through and maybe find an old witch's book that maybe someone in this town didn't know was real maybe they yeah. thought it was fiction because obviously this town hasn't seen witches in at least 70 years yeah they have no reason to think witches exist well, I think the line was to be like, I'm, there has been a witch in the sun over 100 years. Pretty much. So you would think at least somewhere there might have been a book she could have found yeah. in this town that she could read and maybe get a couple ideas. And maybe, and this is just me thinking if I was writing the story, mm-hmm. and I, my, the point of my story wasn't to write a love story between a witch and a flyboy, which yeah. essentially is what this is in right. some ways. Agreed. Um Maybe she finds a book, finds a, witch, a spell book, doesn't realize that it's a spell book of an evil witch, and she accidentally maybe starts, like, I don't know, magic Armageddon or something. Magic fire or something like yeah, that. She so, can't so, put the and she has to, by the end, stop it. But to the outside world, it's still the movie we saw. Okay. But she's seeing all these other things. She knows that she doesn't stop it. And uh, this just is me overthinking the yeah. plot so much, very much because obviously what I'm thinking of is not the point of the story. Okay, so but I just, I'm just it's just the fact that she's a witch is just an excuse for her to fly. Yeah. Is the only reason she's a witch. I agree. I agree. And the only reason the other two witches are in the movie is to say, yeah, witches exist. Here's one making potions. Here's one that fortune tells. We're not going to let you see them really do that. Yeah, because that's not what the story's about. Right. The story's about this young girl who can fly, uh, falling in love with a boy who uses machines to fly. Yeah. It's a flying movie. It's a fly movie. It's pretty fly. Yeah. Anyway. For a witchy girl. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the fact that we get no lore on the existence of witches and how they work, I recognize it's not a major point of the story. Right. And there's a lot of about it you're just supposed to assume, but at least a little bit more context would help. Agreed. Give her a book that she can maybe read, like... How not much nicer would it have been while she's can't get her powers back if she could at least look at a reference book, read through it. Maybe she still can't find anything to explain why she's losing her powers, but at least she has a manual to go and check. Yeah. And she can't figure out why it's not working. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my thought. Okay. So to kind of piggyback off yours just a little bit, what you described was very much what that very similar happened in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I know. But, I didn't say it was an original idea. I know. I know. It's just like when you said it, I was like, aha, the hapless Prince book. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. More context. Agreed. Please. Agreed. It definitely need more context. I don't, you know, I don't need much. All you had to do was have her pack a book in her bag. Yeah. That her mom said she had to take with her. And maybe she didn't look at it until she started losing her powers. Yeah. Maybe she kind of had an idea without having to go to art. Maybe she had an idea and Ursula could have confirmed it. Right. And that would explain why when she gets the adrenaline rush, she's able to get her powers back. It's just an idea. Anyway, that I think brings us to the end, which means we need to rate this thing. What are you rating it? What I would rate it, I'm going to give it a, oh my gosh, I don't know. I was so torn because I had one score down and like after going through the dislikes, it's like, ooh, those are really good points. I didn't think about this. <laughs> um. I'm going to give it, uh, let's give it 8.5. Okay. Yeah. I, I was so torn to be like, it's got to be a nine, but then it's got all these little flaws and like, there's none of this. There's no real explanation for 
anything. Well, I will say all my dislikes are nitpicks. Yeah. They're really good nitpicks. Oh, so yeah. really bring up a lot of questions. Uh, be like, it, give it an 8.9 for just the, like, you're not, you're thinking of your lore, but the fact be like, it's so close to a 9 because it's such a good performance, good movie, good animation, story, what have you, and Gigi is a cat. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's an eight eight point five to me. What's yours? I'm giving it a nine ah, because okay. despite all my nitpicks, they are really nitpicks. Yeah. The only thing that really keeps it down that far is be- is essentially I feel the movie's almost too short. I didn't get into that, but okay. it feels like you could have gotten a little bit more story. Okay. If you maybe let it go on like maybe one or two more scenes, uh, it's not necessary, yeah. admittedly. But yeah, I'm I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Uh, so before we cut out okay i want to point out that uh a couple things that was said in the uh chat here as we were Go talking for it. uh josh adams says americanization is the proper name for for what they did as bad as they did here though they will never be four kids bad four kids called a rice ball a jelly donut yes uh chase murphy says so kiki getting depressed kind of needed to be explained because it's not exactly obvious what's wrong with her yeah uh, Josh Adams says, maybe it's because I suffer from depression, but I caught on quick that uh, that w- that's what was wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Be like, I, I, I have mild depression, so I understand mm-hmm. that. Uh, Josh Adams then says, here's an interesting thing to think about. In this world, do warlocks exist or do on- are only females capable of magic? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, Chase then said, uh, there is really a complete lack of context to the existence of witches. Agreed. But then mentions they're asking you to assume too much about the background. In the end, the movie isn't about being a witch. It's about flying, which Miyazaki was obsessed with. Yes. Fair enough. We'll get more on that when we get to Porco Rosso. Yes. Last but not least, Josh Adams graded the movie a 9.5 out of 10. So, yeah. Hmm. So, that- I, so when he's talking about depression, the, the fact be like, I've always viewed depression because depression's a real thing, like we said before. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever really... I've been, uh, I've only yeah. ever really gotten up. Yeah. I only in sadness. Yeah. But so be like depression does not define you. That's what right. a lot of people have a problem with. Be like depression. Be like, you're going to have depression. You're going to have spouts, of, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't define you. It shouldn't, True. shouldn't lock you down. And that say, being said from my understanding. Yeah. Admittedly outside perspective, it's a lot harder when, when you're in the midst of it. Oh, it's yeah. a lot harder to re- recognize that. Oh yeah. I completely agree with you. I've been there. It's just the, um, I just be like more encouragement, like the the fact to be like if you had depression, it doesn't define who you are. Right. It's it's the part. It's be like it's a part of your life, but it should not define you. Exactly. I anyway, just say. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode, which means we need to tell y'all what the next movie we're watching yes. is. Which is, if you'll go ahead and get that one up, it's uh, only yesterday. Probably the one we needed. <laughs> Was okay. weathering with you. So yeah, we are doing only yesterday. Next, uh, this one was boy, you cannot see that. In the, uh, this one was not Disney. Never actually released it. Uh, actually, according to this, looks like it got released by Universal. But it does star Daisy Ridley from Star Wars: Force Awakens, and uh, this is released by G Kids. Yeah, that is what it is. I've not seen this one. Me either. Only like three movies that Miyazaki he produced it. Okay. Studio Ghibli films from like this era that Disney didn't put. Okay. The other two being Castle of Cagliostro and for obvious reasons and uh, Grave of the Firefly because Disney did to release that one. I I can't blame them. It's a little dark. Just just a little little dark. A little bit. So yeah, uh, that's what we're going to do next time. Uh, 
please rate and review us. I know we says that this in the re- in the pre recorded outro, mm-hmm. but please join us for that. And please, please, please go support me on the Raw Quiz Show because I want all the support points I can get hold of. I got you. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, uh, join us next week then. All right, later. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.